this month, Fractal Universe will release their new album, The Impassable Horizon, via Metal Blade Records. As one of the most complex and compelling progressive metal works of the year, The Impassable Horizon also features the introduction of frontman Vince Wilkins' newly owned saxophone skills, which take the French Quartet's music to the next level. Purchase your copy of The Impassable Horizon now at metalblade.com slash fractal universe. Once again, The Impassable Horizon, the new album from Fractal Universe. Go to metalblade.com slash fractal universe and pre-order today. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. What is going on, my friends out there? It is I, your host, Petter Speich, and I'm always joined by... My name, pause, <laughs> is Brandon Hahn. Ellipses. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at... Another pause. Your buddy, Gooch. Thank you. And also, can you be a little quicker than him? Oh. Hey, don't follow his lead. <laughs> oh, Dude. I can be so much quicker than Thank him. You. <laughs> and I have so many more things to say. I, I, I'm Jocelyn Sharp, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jocelyn Sharp on TikTok at Wizard of Jaws. That's J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N, sharp like a sharp knife. You better have some stuff to talk about, because it's been a bit since you've been on the show, so outwit it, okay? Outwit what? Well, outwit all the dirty secrets. I'm not holding anything. <laughs> First off, before you guys, before we get to Brandon dirty Brandon literally is holding a cup of tea and asking for tea I'm right like, now. I'm like, give me that tea. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a pipe in his hand with some tobacco, ready for the stories. But And crumpets. Also, make sure to follow our other co-host, guys. She's off this week. That's Sylvia Alvarado at It's the Sylvia on Twitter, Instagram. If you guys want to follow me, I am at Rise to Offend on Facebook, Twitter, and rise to a fan official on Instagram this week, guys. We have Hannes Grossman, dude from Alkaloid, ex Obscura, ex Necrophagist. But we are here to talk about his fourth solo record. Oh, such a killer record! To where the light retreats, guys. It is out right now. Really excited to get to that interview. But before we do that, let's jump on in to the Metal Sucks news. We're here to tell you what you need to know. Metal Sucks news. Who is raping an upcoming show? Metal Sucks News! Dig it deep just to get the scoop! Metal Sucks News! Fill your head with the media's poop! Now that we have your attention, lend us your ears! Metal Sucks News controlling my thoughts! Will it make you happy or fill you with fear? Metal Sucks News to guide all the lost! All right, guys. First news story we have to talk about. Now, I, I interviewed Wes Borland, coolest guy ever. You know, I, I, I can talk to him every week. He's great. And uh, years ago, I asked him a question about the new Limp Biscuit record because we were, we were promoting the stuff that we like, his solo stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I Not love to talk Pete, shit, but I love how Pete is like so low key shade thrower. Low like. key well, shade. Of course, none of us wear trip pants. None of us listen to Limp Biscuit. Yes, you're right. I'm just being honest. Yeah. We're all being you know, honest. Here. You know, and hey, 
And I'm lying because I do listen to Limp Bizkit because I'm trailer trash. Okay, thank you. Huge fan base. If we were the guitar player in that band, we would have a fantastic life and a great fan base. So, I mean, yeah, maybe I threw a little shade, but, you know, they're doing better than us. Let's just just say our favorite member of Limp Bizkit is Wes Borland. Dude, I think that if if there was a, you know, Metal Sucks, uh, they're not going to do this, but if they put a poll as, who's your favorite member of of Limp Bizkit? Can you, I'd say 90 to 98% would be Wes Borland. And to be honest, if somebody went through and counted all the times we said Fred Durst versus Westmoreland, I am guaranteeing we've said Westmoreland more times than we've yes. said Fred Durst. It, in, a, in, a, in a good light. Yes. yes. I don't think we've ever said a bad thing about Westmoreland. No. I, I would wonder if we did this on the metalsucks.net, if we if we said, who is your favorite member of this band? And we just throw a band, and then all of a sudden, like we just start making like Yoko Ono. We start fighting amongst <laughs> each other. <laughs> no, dude. John Otto's the best. Dude, hey, you guys know what he does to that band? Yeah, dude. Everybody just walking around. Nothing I love more walk. than arguing with metalheads about who's the who's best member of the band. <laughs> member of the band. All right. So the news story, though, is Wes Borland says Limp Bizkit can't finish their new album because it's not up to Fred Durst's standards. And now, like I said, he said this years ago to me. We're looking about, I don't know when I interviewed him. It's got to be like three or four years ago. Okey shade. But up to Fred Durst's standards. So Brandon went out and he listened to Results May Vary. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, that was up to Fred Durst's yeah, standards. That, was- <laughs> that didn't have Wes Borland on yeah, it. Yeah. So that uh, one was up to, to, you know, his behind blue eyes. Was that what they covered on that record? Uh, yes, okay. dude. This is what I don't get. All like, right. if, you, if you're Wes Borland and you know that Fred Durst is capable of loving some real dookie. And it's like, and then you put together something Bro. of yourself and you're, and he's like, you got to wonder if you're Wes Borland, you got to wonder, are you uh, like, is, is, is Fred Durst like not liking it because of some kind of I think it's like past? some petty jealousy yeah, where petty he's like, shit, yes. I can't make something yes. that like, think about behind blue eyes. Sounds mm. like if your indie SoundCloud rapper boyfriend learned a song for your wedding. I hate that song. <laughs> no, you don't like that song. I love I that song. I like the blue song. version. Yeah, the, she's talking about the Limp Bizkit. The cover okay. is yeah, cover awful. Is awful. Yeah, the cover is awful. Cover, dude. Yeah. It is only good to skate to. That's it. You can skate at a skating rink. Like roller rink? I mean, during couple skate? Is that what's going on? It's only good to skate to yeah. if you're eating your seventh bag of fun dip. Yes. Yes. Okay? Yes. Yes. You a, have to have nacho cheese on your shirt. Yes. Okay. So, no. <laughs> Let me tell you what Wes said um, about it. He said, when, when it was brought up, hey, new Limp Bizkit record. We've probably in the last 10 years been in the studio to try and complete the record. I want to say seven times to different studios. And we've been working on the stuff, working on stuff, working on stuff. And Fred has been consistently kind of okay. Was that you having a stroke, or was <laughs> no, that him saying working on stuff, working on stuff to really emphasize that, that he was that, working that, on that stuff? That is him work, saying okay. that they kept working and working and working. Still not good enough. Yes. And Fred has consistently kind of unsatisfied with where Vision is, I guess. So we've released singles, like we did Ready to Go, and we did another single called Endless Slaughter that we put out. We probably have thirty-five songs recorded instrumentally, and he's done vocals on them and then thrown the vocals away. Done vocals and then fuck this and thrown it away. So I think he's finally at the point now where he's going to pick a set of these songs that he finally cool with and finish them. And we're going to finish the record. So fingers crossed. I'm not in charge of Fred's vocals. I'm way done with my parts of the record. I'm sure he'll go back and play a little bit more after, but it's fucking Fred Durst. He went from being a darling to everybody's most hated person in the world. We broke up as a band. He tried to find his footing. I think on a bunch of these songs, he's so talented and I love him so much as a brother, but if he's not ready to do it, he's not ready to do it. I think he got too big for his britches because a certain somebody said he was their certain favorite director. Oh, you talk about Mr. Travolta? Yeah. Oh, for people that don't know, John Travolta, who was the last film John Travolta did before he retired, 
Love John Travolta. Had a lot of tragedy in his life, so I don't want to talk too much shit about John Travolta towards the end there. But Michael, th- that was tragedy. <laughs> no, horrible no. movie. We're talking about his wife and his oh. kid dying in his arms. Oh, you know, like yeah, serious yeah, things. Oh, like, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, real things. Oh, well, yeah, and so I he retired. So yeah. your joke was fucked, <laughs> right? No, I mean not not <laughs> a, made, not until you fucking said all the other it stuff. Made <laughs> your it joke made me laugh. was fucked because Michael was good. Okay. Now we get to the bottom of this offense. Whatever, Fred. The the, the <laughs> last film that John Travolta did before he retired, fantastic career. Love John Travolta. Was the fanatic. Fred Durst directed it, and it was panned across the board. And Travolta really put all his effort into it, but the film. Mm, it wasn't. I just. Good. Can't, but he did great. I think Travolta did great in that. Film. I can't picture okay. like what is Fred Durst like as a director? Like he's like, okay, John, in this next scene, uh, your motivation is that you are trying to do it for the nookie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what is it gonna? What? What do you? What do you think, like, Fred? Durst, you're doing it for uh, the nookie, John. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing it for the nookie. Okay. Now give me something to break. Okay. Let's you go. know how the right. beginning of that cover of George Michael I did, where it sounds like it's a slow song, but then it hits really hard. That's what I want you. Okay, to this is what I want you. I need to scream that you gotta have faith. <laughs> Look, this is what I need. Okay? John Travolta's like, I don't know, you know, I'm trying to. Get no, faith. no, Travolta. Look, I need you. There needs to be some real anger. Like somebody's taking a chainsaw and rubbing your ass wrong. You know, like we have to. <laughs> the funny thing is, the lyrics that we're quoting as jokes right now are okay? real. <laughs> That's his high standard. Yes. <laughs> right. That's the one That's where he's, he's like, That's what he's looking at West Portland and being like, yeah, it's not a stick it in her yeah. Okay. Look, okay? Yeah. I'm just about to say, we're going back old school. I'm going to rehash the same fucking oh, joke I rehashed. Jokes we all know, happen. We all know stick it up or eh is coming, but it's like, yeah, that was the, that was. I just love the idea of West Portland putting like some of the art that West Portland makes in front of, in front of Red Durst and Fred being like, listen, it's no chocolate starfish on the yes. hot dog flavored water. Um, look. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's the title of the record. That's so, the high standard. This is crazy. Yeah, the high standard. Yeah. It's like Limp Bizkit is king of lowbrow, like mm-hmm. trash, awesome new metal rock. And yeah. It's like, I got a high standard. Yeah, Limp, Bizkit, <laughs> Limp Bizkit is what you listen to to drown out the sounds of your awkward first fingering. That's, that's what you listen yeah, to. You know what? Yeah, because that is like a chainsaw rubbing your hands. <laughs> <Yeah, well. laughs> it awkward is. It is, because fingering. Trevor didn't clip his nails before he came to the And ring my that first night. fingering, I didn't realize that I had to lick my finger before I put it up. So there was a little <sighs> bit of catching before things caught The amount on. of men I've had to teach that you never go in dry is horrible. Oh, I don't want to go back to a fingering <laughs> high school story. But right. there was this guy on my soccer team. Oh, yes. oh whoa. That oh. is a turn. No, no, no. no, 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 no I wasn't expecting Pete to go down our road. You're coming in our world, Pete? And we're mm. sitting and we're watching a, uh, a football game in the stands. And I believe it's a homecoming game. And I want to say I'm in 10th grade at this time. And he had this girl over there that was, you know, anybody. You wink at her. She'll let you touch her or do something nasty yeah. for her. And, and uh, he went to finger her and she screamed in the whole row with all of us knowing, that's my asshole, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that poor kid. And we call him Coolie Man. The rest of the- <laughs> What's Coolie Man? Why that? Ass Man. It's like oh. Kulo. Oh, like- Kulo. Yeah, oh, Kulo. Okay, so one, of, man. one of the kids on the soccer team is like, hey, Coolie Man. Oh. But she screamed it. Hilarious. There was parents around. Yeah. All right. And you uh, never live that down. Yeah, yeah. There's no way you ever live that down. I don't even know his name. I just, if I saw him, Mr. I'd be Cooley. like, hey, Coolie Man. That's I played soccer with like, that's not my name anymore <laughs> anyways our point is, is Fred Durst is Coolie man I yeah, think Fred and- Durst <laughs> 
his lyricist wise, <laughs> is as good as Cooley Man. Yeah. Just, he's, I mean, going for, he's going for the gold and he's finding the dirt. Cool, right? Cooley Man sounds like a Fred Durst ad lib, like Cooley Man. Yeah, Cooley Man. <laughs> hey, yeah. Wake up and smell the Cooley Man. <laughs> Yeah. Wow, I never thought I'd rehash the coolie man. You'll be living with a fat you'll be living with a fat lip. Coolie man. <laughs> God, I just love the thought There's of somebody listening that I did that. I love the idea of Fred Durst in ADR after yeah. his album doing the ad libs, just him just okay. Yeah. Yeah. Coolie man. Coolie man. man. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Like I, I know there's somebody listening that'd be like, yeah, I did that. I went too far. I stuck my finger in the butt. <laughs> oh, God. Listen, everybody, as a bisexual woman, we've all stuck our finger in the butt. There's no shame. Here's on accident. On I'm accident. Gonna, yes. Oh. This is all I'm gonna say. Though. Oh, I you that. haven't? I haven't stuck my finger in the wrong hole. And going. Oh, look at me. I'm Pete. I'm, I'm not trying. I'm better than everyone. Look at this guy right here. You have to miss a whole God, lot. Must to be get so to great that. to be no, a saint. No, We're you, going from the front, right? I'm We're not telling going you. Yeah. Anyways. You've obviously never been super drunk. Okay. Well, the first time, the first time I was like, okay, that's a little too dry. And that's when I, that's, that's when, when I realized. made it. That's you when I realized. I'm like, too. No, 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 no. Here's it. It was, dude, this yeah. might, very, well, I wasn't in the stands. So I'm sure all of us <laughs> were Cooley Man. soccer players. Cooley Cooley man. Man. I'm just saying, I'm sure all of us were Cooley Man at some point in our lives. You know what I mean? I'm like every, okay. I'm sure everybody that wasn't born with a vagina was Cooley Man at some point. They had to learn. Oh, Brandon's Brand got oh. some coming back right now. I got some tea for you on your brethren's in manhood. Most women are coolie men, too. Okay, thank you. Oh, God. <laughs> thank Joslo just comes along let everybody know. You know, we're equal. So what's this? <laughs> We're all equal. It's coolie people, everybody. You guys are telling <laughs> me. Coolie people. You guys are telling me that we were bullies to this kid for doing that? And was it fun? Oh, we loved it. There he you didn't go. Like it. He didn't like it. <laughs> of course he didn't. Of course he didn't. But I'm going to tell you this, though. You know what? This was a shut up, guys. Well, like, here, he would you know, okay, I would much rather be Cooley Man at 15 than Virgin Man at 19, which is what I was. All right? So <laughs> I, so it's like at least he had this one moment where people were Branded. like, what is that? I lost my virginity at 17, and I had a unibrow and a fupa. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I, I was working at Home Depot, skinny as ever. Man. First How girl. did we get here? Oh man! How do we ever get here? How do we ever? I know. Nineteen. How do we ever get here? I'm just saying. I, I am I, a degenerate gremlin. In any room I in, I immediately bring the intelligence down to poop thank humor. Thank you. That's where, and that's I where I we usually give, reside. I think we got to give Fred Durst lyrics to poop humor true. this time. You said the chocolate starfish and the hot yeah, dog. Oh, of course, yes, yes. You know what's right. crazy is I got that for Christmas in the fifth grade. Imagine giving that to a ten year old. Dude, my mom had no idea what that title meant. Of I, course, I'll tell you this. This is the one. Did thing, you like it in the fifth grade? Of course, I did. This is yeah, the one I thing think about, I would like that in the fifth this grade. This is the one, like fifteen. I'd be like, I gotta sell this CD to someone, <laughs> you <know>? dude. <laughs> and then you sell it. Like, we'll I, give seven cents. Damn it. Wait, okay, now real quick, we're just getting. This is this is like I'm just trying to come full circle. We just clowned the shit out of Limp Biscuit for a long time, okay? Yeah. And we love West Borland, but West we still Borland. call we still clown the shit out of, out of the, the lyrics mainly. All right. And it's like Portland is the only saving grace in Limp Bizkit. But I, but here's the thing, though. But he promised me a Blacklight Burns record like uh, three years ago, and it hasn't come to fruition. So I'm going to talk a little shit about that. that. Get off your Limp Bizkit record. Go make that record. And I had a dream one time when I was 14 that we made out, and that hasn't come to fruition. So so. thank you. God, Fred's just lying to all of us. Did you have a make-out dream with Fred Durst? No, with okay. West Borland. Oh, West Borland. And okay. he w- he kissed with his eyes open, and he had those black contacts. 
accent. That's, that's why I remember yeah. it. Yeah. Memories. <laughs> I had some weird dreams in high school. All I'm saying I is, is we just talk mad shit on Limp Biscuit. yet we threw out so many song references mm-hmm. and that everybody yeah, knows. Yeah, because we're all fucking closet fans. Everyone hates on Limp Bizkit, but the but it comes on at a party when you're six white claws deep and you're like, get it yeah. up for me. I don't know why I talk so much oh. shit. And then you wake up from your hangover and you're like, I need to talk more shit on this song. I just a memory that me and my girlfriends had a choreographed dance to roll in that oh, we would do at the skating rink. Oh, yes. <laughs> what you gonna do now? And this is why you're coolie people. And coolie people. people. Right. Yeah. Pete right here, the only one with no... Coolie people are the luckiest people. Yeah, I, I went... That's my first time fingering. I went past the pink and into the stink and then went way back into the pink. So And then she got worry. a yeast infection. And then she got a yeast infection. <laughs> and she never talked to you again. No, I she married like her. She was like that nasty trailer oh, post. I don't oh. joke, joke. <laughs> <laughs> never caught her again never talked again uh, only when she said I do you just made me inhale that <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I mean we could keep going or we should move on to the next story we should oh, move man. on to the next story I feel like I had a bunch of stories to talk about but this one just listen oh, I dude, could yeah. bottom out on Limp Biscuit. we just did 15 day. minutes on, on Limp Biscuit. it was like the first story on, on, on the high standard of Fred okay Durst. how about this I mean we that's do gold some, for comedians it's so though. great we do, we do <sighs> some other stuff we do let's go on to another story and then and then we we'll crowbar more Limp Biscuit into that. <laughs> that's what we're going to do because yeah. that's our style. Is yes. we If we like the joke, we just Thank beat you. it to death. Thank you. So, Pete, keep rolling. Shadows <laughs> fall, guys. Shadows yes. fall. When we talk about one of the big four bands of that new wave of American heavy metal, I consider Shadows Fall one of them. Um, they, are, they have announced their reunion tour or tour, I'm sorry, reunion show in December of 2021. Now, the last show they played was in 2014, so it's only been seven years. But we are at that stage where I think there's going to be that new wave of American heavy metal is the next wave of comebacks. So Doc Coyle talked about, God forbid, going to happen too. They're going to reunite. Didn't give us a timeline, but he's like, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Shadows Fall is happening it. So, uh, but it hasn't been that long, but what do you, what do you think? I think this is smart. I made a joke before when we were talking about this, that a bunch of dudes that are like 35 that wouldn't sleep with me when I was 20 and had no fat chick stickers on their truck are going to be stoked. Mm-hmm. But genu- no, this isn't all that remains. This but, is Shadows Fall. But- <laughs> <laughs> totally. No truck nuts on that's Shadows fair. Fall. That's right, fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Nobody's wearing wife beaters at a Shadows Fall Wrong band. <laughs> wrong band. Yeah. My bad. Same singer at one point. Yeah. And if they are, band. they're clean wife beaters. No, Shadows okay? Fall's great. I'm just kidding. Just a bunch of dudes that rejected me loved that band. Um, but I think this is smart and specifically because what people don't understand about metal is that we stick with these bands our whole life. We oh, never, yeah. ever give up on them uh, unless it's like Machine Head and they give me that fucking album in the middle and I'm just going <laughs> to pretend like it never existed. But then, you know, we stick with them forever. We never, ever, yes. ever leave them. So now for them to come back out with new merch, maybe even a new album, a new tour, all this stuff when their fans have money, adult money. Yeah. Right. You know, this is smart. Well, let's, I, let's I speculate on if that's going to happen because, you know, John is still a part of Anthrax. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Jason's still a part of Overkill, the drummer. So those bands are, are Overkill. I know has got a new record coming out, so they're going to be touring their ass off. They never stop. Yeah, Anthrax but- has got a shit ton of tours that are, are going to be happening here in the next year. They got their 40th anniversary. They're celebrating July 16th. Go to the live stream. Make sure you guys are checking out those videos. That's but I think plug. the damn things are also touring. So Ian has two tours already. <laughs> oh, Mr. Bungle is, though. Yeah. Yeah, Scott Ian's and Mr. Bungle. And yeah. They, they've got shows lined up. So three so- tours yeah. he has so now. So maybe Mr. Bungle happens and Shadows Fall. But now you're seeing that the, the chance of Shadows Fall to do like a 
It depends how this show is going to go off. It's in their hometown, uh, quote unquote. Like, I don't know if that's exactly what it is, but that's it's kind of their home state. And uh, it's going to people are going to want to see. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just think that you were ta- just talking about some of these bands that are getting back together and stuff after they, you know, after a certain hiatuses. I just think that I, I've said this many times. If you didn't come out of covid um, a different person. And if you didn't, and if you weren't reflecting on some of the things that you did, that you did right and did wrong. And then, you know, and then you might want to re- rekindle some of these, these old victories that you had, you know, like for or example, things that maybe you put on the shelf that you wish right, you had. Exactly. Like with shadows short, fall, yeah. like with shadows fall, we're going to name their album chocolate covered starfish <laughs> and hot dog flavor water. I no, I'm joking. But, um, he, Okay. Uh, you just force that in there? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, like a cutout? That's yeah, like a cutout yeah, joke? Just oh, cut shit. out, yeah. See, Jazzo got it. Pete, you checked out I didn't 100%. get it. I'm laughing because I am I was laughing at him just literally being like, look, this is the joke. Yeah, yeah. here I'm, it is. I'm yeah, ja- No, Jazzo one was laughing at me failing, I which was, is yes. something <laughs> comics do when their other friend is bombing on and, stage. And, and I stared like, at him like, where are you going with this, buddy? Like, it's like, yeah. When you're a comedian and you're watching your friend flounder up on stage and then it, it's only funny. Okay, it's always funny no matter what. It's the funniest when your friend comes off stage and acknowledges is it yes you know what i mean but until they're like how did i do and you're like oh no oh no oh boy <laughs> how'd you do you floundered, <laughs> yeah, you floundered. <laughs> you floundered. how did i that do that is literally the worst word that <laughs> is so I, offensive i saw you floundering like that i'm like yeah exactly how did and i, I do? thought i should maybe walk up with roses yeah how did i do how did i do well the audience they took my soul and took a chainsaw and rubbed its ass raw oh you forced uh, another yeah, one you forced another one all right so i'm moving on no but i really do believe though i really do believe that after covid after covid though it's like I just think that those guys probably there were, there might have been some beefs that were going on yeah. that were just unresolved and they had nothing but time on their hands and they're like you know what like we made something really special we ha- we all have even even though we've got some bad memories with one another we still have some really good memories from one another that we couldn't have had without each other and I'm glad to see that they're that they're doing this you know what I mean? I'm I, glad to see that they're at least doing I think this I don't think this is up. a cash grab I don't, I don't yeah. think there was bad blood in that band I, right. again I, I've never saw anything like that I think they, I think they just it's life happened like yeah hey bro we we need we got to focus on these other things so i think this is great i really hope to me shell's fall has never put out a bad record no no no, no. I, listen like, pete like, when it comes to them yeah. putting out a record yeah we just gotta have faith you missed both my references and you got it there you listen. fucking asshole i have to go mine to the interview so, I'll get, mine I'll get, was way to. better yours was better <laughs> but mine were very blatant better, better and mine was very obvious mine was very obvious jocelyn <laughs> <laughs> the only way to stop the Limp Biscuit jokes is to do what everybody's here, and that's to listen to the interview, my friends, even though we, hopefully they laughed. I laughed. That's I, the whole point. I I, they better have laughed. Based on some time. of my DMs, I know some of them are here for hey, me. Look, so, hi. I, yeah, I'm not, I don't read the fan mail. Pete does that. So, <laughs> I don't know if they hate it. So, I just go and talk and just sleep quiet, sleep soundly at night. Some of them hate it. <laughs> I'm sure. Hey, I'm sure. Go for it. Hate away. <laughs> some, some of them say very mean things about us. <laughs> I'm sure. It's all right. Boo them. Boo hey, whatever. them. Anyways. <laughs> yes. So right now, guys, it's time. Thank you guys for hanging in there. Let's jump into my interview with Hannes Grossman from Alkaloid. Everybody, what's going on? Petter, Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, I have Hannes Grossman. We are here to talk about the new album. To Where the Light Retreats, one of my favorite records I've heard this year so far, man. Your fourth solo record. Let's talk about the whole project, man, because it happened during a very interesting time that we're all going through in our lives. So um, let's start with the, the recruitment process. How? Tell me how you, the story behind the guys you got on the record and how you recruited them to work on this project. 
Well, yeah, it's it's not really. Um, even though times have been weird, I guess for everyone, um, in the making of this album, it's not really that different from actually other solo records I've done, because I mostly work like remotely with people. Um, most of the time, um, I don't even have people in my studio. They just record at home, and I get the files and I mix them. So. <laughs> There you go. Except for the vocals, um, yeah, and the drums I record, of course, in my own studio. Um, yeah, the guys involved. Actually, it's um, it's alkaloid pretty much, um, with a different singer, I would say. Um, the musicians in that band are really, really good. So, and we're great friends. So I thought, well, that was my. Of course, those guys are my first choice always when it comes to working with people. Um, and I guess my solo records just um, differ in that sense that it's maybe not as progressive as Alkaloid. Uh, it's more straightforward death metal. And I write everything like lyrics and music and it, except for um, guitar solos. I let the people play whatever they want. But um, yeah, so I my first choice were were the guys in Alkaloid, um, Linus Klausnitz are on bass, um, Danny Tonker on guitars, uh, Christian Münster played some really sick um, lead guitars. And yeah, um, our singer Morian, he um, sings on one song called The Fountain. And uh, the other guy is my Triptychon bandmate, uh, Vicentora who um, can do like the, I don't know, what would you call the, the vocals like, like black metal-ish, um, sort of Swedish death metal vocals, whatever. He can do that very well. So I asked him to do that. And he doesn't really do vocals a lot, um, except for like in Triptychon a few times on the two records. So I thought, hey, um, and we recorded um, vocals at his place. so. That's easy. He's also a sound engineer, and I learned uh, a lot of sound engineering stuff from him. And so uh, we had a really good time, like recording vocals and, uh, you know, uh, talk about gear uh, and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, actually, it was pretty smooth um, production process, I would say, because people work remotely anyways. They record at home and send me the files. I reamp the guitars in my studio, and here we go. I mean, yeah, these days it's it's possible. I think like twenty or thirty years ago, I I probably would have to wait like another one and a half two years to complete the recording. Absolutely, yeah. It would have been a it would have been a different a completely different beast if we may um, to to get everybody in the room rehearsal do all those things now you did mention um that it was like it sounded like a lot of fun you got to do gear talk you learned some stuff from the sound engineering and all that stuff how important is the fun factor when you're doing a solo project does it feel like a lot of work or is that very important that it's not super stress uh heavy for you um well it is it is work and it's also like at times it can be stressful but first of all i mean the whole um the schedule is pretty thinned out because, you know, I don't really make a lot of money with this recording and um, it's more like a fun project. Um, 
let's put it this way. Um, I, you know, I recorded the drums, I think, in somewhat in 2019. Mm. <laughs> it took, yeah, then it took a lot of time. No, actually, I think. No, wait. I I think I record. I I finished the the drum recordings in January 2020 or something like that. Yeah, I think January January 2020. I finished the the drums and the rest of the album. Like it took almost a year to complete. So um, because um, even though it's my solo right, mm-hmm. uh, project, it's it's not really um, how would I say. Uh, let's say a super big priority when I have customers in my studio and I work on a mix or something. This of course is what pays the bills and I put that first and then the solo stuff is just a fun project for me to, to get my, uh, my death metal songs done. Um, and to ex- also to experiment a little bit with, with sounds and stuff. And uh, I can honestly say I'm never really happy with it. <laughs> so um, that's the point. That's the only stressful thing where when I mix it, I'm like, yeah, it could be better. It could be better. It could be better. Then I, um, then I listen to it once it's done and I compare it to other mixes. And I'm like, okay, I think it's okay. I think I can, you know, it can compete even though, you know, music is never a competition. Yeah. It's, but, it's... um, I mean, it came out good, so um, I think I can be uh, quite satisfied with this one this time. Also, the writing. Um, I don't really think a lot about in detail about the writing. Um, I just put a bunch of riffs together and um, write it rather quickly. So, um, even though it sound, the music sounds super complicated and thought out, it's really... Um, it's really not actually. It's a, a little bit with keeping in mind to make the songs kind of catchy and flow well. And I have some some techniques, some tricks that I developed developed over the years. So uh, what you hear on the record is, uh, for me, like really. Um, it's not like I have to be. Uh, it's not like I'm uninspired or anything. I really apply myself when I compose every time but um it it's not really that difficult like reinventing myself and all of that it's it's really more um having a bunch of cool riffs and having fun with it and making fun songs um so whenever i have second thoughts i'm like ah whatever with alkaloid this might be different Mm. because when then every note matters, and then you really plan it out and and arrange it and put hours and hours and hours into the arrangement. But with my solo stuff, it's really like okay, part A, part B, done. It works out for both bands fantastically. But not having a deadline when you is it hard for you to know when a song is done? Are you like I don't know when it's exactly done because, like you said, it's fun and you revisit it and. You hear different things, and and you like you said, it's it's something that you know you can work on over a, a year, um, because it's for yourself. Do you prefer having a deadline, or do you like having um, it kind of open? Actually, I don't really like deadlines mm. because it stresses me out. Yeah. But sometimes you have a deadline, but that, that's what it is. If you plan it right, um, then the deadline is then the deadline is no 
problem. Currently, I'm mixing the new Eternities End record, uh, mm. you know, power metal from Germany, which is really cool and really fun. It's coming out great. And we got a deadline, but I got all the stuff so far in advance that I'm really, I'm, I'm not in a hurry. So, you know, um, everything turns out fine. And that's, you know, the ideal thing when you plan it right, of course, with your own stuff. Um, if you plan it, it, it will never happen anyway in the same way you planned it. So I don't even make a deadline. It's done when it's done. But um, regarding your question, I think um, it depends on the song. If I, if it, you know, most of the time I know exactly when the song is finished. It's it's a feel thing. I um, the way I structure songs is I put them into a note sheet or something like a MIDI player or like Guitar Pro or something like that, where I write it down like the whole drum, not not the drum lines necessarily, just a dummy drum line, but the guitar riffs and, and bass and stuff like that. So I know where the notes are. Um, and I have like a MIDI version of, you know, a computerized version of the final song which of course sounds horrible but i know what the notes are like in relation to another sometimes um it doesn't give you an accurate picture about um the sound sometimes really easy riffs sound really great with a great guitar sound when you when you play it by a computer it never really sounds good so but with the experience over over the years i can I can I, I kind of know when it works or when it doesn't work. So um, so I, I I really don't need the sound to be inspired. I I rather put it down into note sheets and and because it's easy to take um, parts out and add new parts. And once I have the feeling now nah, now it's done, then it's done. I mean I really can rely on my intuition. I would say. Over the years, I have so much experience with songwriting. I just, I know what I'm going for exactly. Um, I have a picture in my head when I start writing. Sometimes it's not adding up and it ends being something else that I have not intended. But um, then um, I immediately see the direction where it's going. Most of the time, I must say the, the notes you play dictate um, the idea or the idea itself kind of tells you where to go, I would say. Um, and, and that's also good advice for, for other young songwriters who try to find their voice. I think um, take, well, um, listen to, to your idea. If you have a main idea that starts the song and you don't know exactly how to go on with the song, um, just use your imagination and um, listen to what you've got, like the riff or, or the basic idea, and and it's telling you something. It's telling you where to go automatically. So um, that's what I found. Nice, dude. Yeah, I think that's sound advice. I think it's good, for sure. Can you remember maybe uh, working on whichever band that you've worked on because you've done so many projects through the years that you felt rushed and that you did want a second chance to try to lay down the tracks on a song or even an album or anything like that? You mean drum recordings? Yes. Um, um, maybe some years ago, I would say. Um, now having my own studio is a huge um, 
advantage mm. because uh, my drums did just stay mic'd up in one place pretty much permanently and I can always go back and forth and even if I'm not sure about something I can record let's say part after part and just focus focus on one part and I'm if I'm happy with it then it's nice so um, I would say within the last years there's not been much that I that I'd like to change most of the time it's um, <laughs> how can I put it when I'm, I'm I'm spending a lot of time arranging and also writing drum lines but I'm also spending time in arranging song structures mm. sometimes when I when I work with people and they have a full song of course I'm just listening to a demo or something like that mm-hmm. and I hear it and I think like hmm I would like to change the, the structure of the song but you know you can't you can't just go <laughs> you, you can't just hear the songs um, of people apart that are paying you to play on their songs that's kind of rude I would say but that's sometimes um, sometimes it occurs to me, hey, if they took the part out, it would maybe sound better. And it really rare, it's really rarely that I really suggested to take a part out or to add another part in or to you know, shuffle parts around. Because most of the time, I don't, I'm not the composer and I don't know the full picture until it's done. Because sometimes I think like, oh, okay, when I receive the final record and I'm like, okay, it's nice, it's fine. This, actually my version would have been possible too but this is just fine as it is sometimes there are parts where i'm like eh, i'm not sure if the way the song sounds now in its finished version is the best version possible but um from my perspective i work with what's there and i try to find the best song line for the specific song so I'm really happy with my playing most of the time because I really, I, I don't record something that I that I think is, is, you know, well, not good enough or not cutting it or I'm struggling with ideas. I, I, I'm also with drumming, I'm very certain with what I can and with, with what I can do and what I can't do so well. So, so um I, I pretty much, I'm, most of the time, I'm happy with my part on an album. So, Dude, excellent news. Yeah, that's good. No, like I said, everything you touch for us fans has been fantastic throughout your career. Uh, it would have been a surprise to kind of hear, like, no, nah, I wasn't happy with this to me, just because you've done so much just strong, strong work for us metal fans. Um, one thing I did want to touch on is we did talk about the record. I want to tell everybody one more time to where the light retreats guys. It's out now. Make sure you're picking it up. The song that's got a little bit of melody that the different vocals we we're talking about is the fountain. Um, and it seemed to me like it's the seventh track on the record kind of cl- t- towards the closer. It seemed to me that you sequenced it perfectly for that record. Tell me about the writing of that track and kind of um, why you felt it was really important to have on this record. And it's funny that you, ask specifically about that song. I, uh, some people told me, hey, I, I really like that song, which is odd, because I thought, like, ah, it's it's more of a, a you know, a seventh out of eight songs, which is placed to, towards the end. So if people hear it on Spotify, sometimes, some people will not even make it to number seven if that's not really their music, you know? Mm. Uh, so I, 
I thought um, I really liked the song, but I thought like, hey, maybe other people, mm, you know, especially death metal guys or something like that, um, they might not really be into that tune so much because I mean it's very melodic and mm-hmm. um, that song is kind of inspired a little bit by Tori Amos. Um, I really like her work and. Um, but you know, with my writing, I never really take ideas from another artist and enhance them or something like that. It's just a basic feel um, that I work with, and that's what I. So it's a little bit. It's my personal resemblance of her style. So in the end, it's 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 um, it's something completely different, anyways. But. Um, I thought like maybe that's a little bit too experimental for some guys. Um, well, and then it's a perfect solo record sound because on a solo record you can do whatever you want. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. I go, you're supposed strange. to experiment on that record. <laughs> yeah, it's strange enough that I'm not experimenting that much. This whole solo project started when I still was in Obscura and you know um, I wrote a lot of songs for Obscura. And then on the album that we did do, uh, which is my first solo record, The Radial Covenant, um, those were all meant to be Obscura songs. But then again, I wrote like one whole record of material and and then, you know, somebody brought up, hey, maybe we want to write music as a band. And I'm like, yeah, well, fair enough. Um, so I just released it as a solo album and... Um, yeah, but then got into other stuff, other bands, and so on, whatever. But um, so, so I pretty much it stayed in that kind of style, like this techy rock, death metal, whatever. And uh, it's not I'm not experimenting that much on, with my solo project, whereas in my other band Alkaloid, I'm really experimenting with with songs. So it's it's the absolute other way around. Usually people have solo work where they experiment and they have their bands that is uh, like one kind of fixed thing that people expect something. And with my solo stuff in Alkaloid, it's completely the opposite. The Alkaloid, we try to um, do something not completely new, but something new on each record. And my solo stuff is more like the songs that for me come easy and that I put on a record. And also, the fountain was a song I put together like really easily. Um, I had some ideas, and it basically wrote itself. So, so then I thought, okay, then it's a solo album song, and yeah. Um, but again, if it if this song, if this particular song was on an alkaloid record, well maybe it would fit as well and maybe it wouldn't even sound much differently because it's the same people involved, you know? Mm-hmm. So at this point, I really have to question what's the point of a solo project if it sounds really like the main band. But um, I have too much material. That's pretty much it. It's a luxury problem, I guess. I, I, but I think it's a good problem to have, yeah. So the creative mind it's works. It's really what it is. And, yeah. and with Alkaloid, I, I rather want the other guys to, to get involved and write material because i mean most of the time it's sick stuff and i don't you know i i can use up some of my 
more traditional death metal songs with my solo project and you know not waste space on a next alkaloid record which is supposed to be like uh, super extreme and super progressive and you know um and kind of I, I hate the word but elitist in some way you know um you know i i'm not an elitist guy i hate elitist elitist people like like um you know what I mean, right? Oh, 100%. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I'm the same. I, I can't yeah, say I yeah. really hate that, but with Alkaloid, we kind of are because um, we take like every every note on the record so super seriously and and then it's, ah, this is not good enough, this is not good enough. And then, you know, it, um, our approach is that way, but we don't view other people's music like that. It's not like we would ever, um, or I at least would, I mean, there's definitely stuff I don't like, and uh, also like there's some trends I really, really dislike. But um, it's another topic. But yeah. <laughs> um, I would, you know, I wouldn't, you know, um, make a stupid Facebook or, or uh, you know, Twitter comment like this. This band sucks and stuff like that. Uh, you know, it's uh, not. Yeah, no, we're it's not really. What, what I would do, I would rather keep that to myself and and um, but really enjoy the stuff that I like instead rather than nagging about other other things. But anyway, how do we get off? Same topic? personality. No, it goes where it goes, my friend. I'm not too worried about it. I'm the same personality. I would never discredit anybody's work. But I do in my personal life be like, that's awful. But I would never discredit it in a public forum. It's just mess- I mean, mean. I, I would, yeah. that's just me. I would never do it. Um, but yes, I, I also have that same mentality of like, if I don't like something, you know, but again, I, I respect people's, you know, energy and their art. And, you know, I, I just would never, it just, it's just brutal to me the way people are when they're talking about other bands or anything really. Um, Actually, the only uh, only band where I kind of do it is when they think they're super elitist and kind of transport that vibe, if you will. And I'm, but sometimes it's not; they're really not holding up to the expectations. Mm. Um, and then I'm like, e- nah. then <laughs> you're not as good as you think you are. Eat this. <laughs> there you go, man. That's something I would. That's. I mean, I'm German. We always tell directly what we mean. Um, and uh, yeah, I would. Then that would be a situation where I'm like, maybe I could say a, a, a few words here. <laughs> but again, I'm getting old, and for what's for what it's worth, it's it's pointless anyway. So <laughs> yeah, it's just music anyway. So. Yeah, it's everybody's opinion matters, really. I mean, you, you yeah. said it, but it, it's uh, like, I, I you, you know, I definitely value other people's opinions more than others, but I respect that it, it has a open forum on everything. Any song can hit you at the right time in your life, and me, I can be like, what is this trash? You know, so, yeah, but, yeah, true. <laughs> sometimes, but sometimes trash can be really, really funny. Oh, I love trash. I have yeah. to say. You said it, my friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really love tra- trash. Yeah. Um, Especially with movies and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, I was that. just about to say, you know, you take my opinion on everything except for movies because, man, I will recommend the worst of the worst because I get them. <laughs> so I'm with you on yeah. that completely. Now, we talked about, we brought up, you know, Obscura. Obviously, everybody knows that you're on Epitaph from uh, Necrophages, and uh, we're talking about Alkaloid. So out of all your career, you know, every album you worked on, and it's a lot, man, um, which one are you 
proudest to be like, hey, I'm on part of that in my legacy. Not counting your solo um, records, like just band record type n- things. Not my solo record. Not- oh, that is easy. That the last alkaloid record, Liquid Anatomy. There you go. Nice. That's that was an easy one. I thought it would be a little tougher. It was easy for you. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. No, I think that's. Um, yeah, that's basic. I don't know. For me, I mean, it's it's. Also, this is like. I mean, when you ask people, um, any artist about their own stuff, I mean, probably um, some people say that um, other people can't really judge artists, like, you know, the artist's Mm -hmm. um, work because only the artist knows what you really know. It's exactly the opposite. The artist is the the worst person to ask because has no idea about his own work that's at least my experience because you're not objective with Mm. your own material but i don't have to be i mean to me that um alkaloid record is like the culmination of i don't know making music for 25 years and um so that is for me i some a lot of people will still say you know the necrophagist record because you know that had a huge impact on people and I would be okay with that because it's a very, very special record. But I think my own personality as a producer and musician is more represented on the Alkaloid record. I think that is really um, the record where I feel uh, that's closest to what my musical intention is. Dude, it's an excellent record that's exciting. And like you said, it took 25 years to get there. And I think that a lot of times that is uh, part of the whole journey. When when all the music you've been through, everything you've done, and then something you do that just is like, yes, this is what I'm exactly trying to say. And I think that record totally stands up to that. The Necrophagist record, as you mentioned, uh, huge for us, our scene, everything like that. There's always a point of discussion if there will ever be another record uh, by that band, but um, you wouldn't have a clue on that, correct? No, I have no clue. No clue. Absolutely not. I mean, the last time I met somebody, I met the guy was in, I don't know, 2007 or Man. something. Yeah, years. It's crazy so, how many years ago that's been. Yeah. So, but. So it just, it just disappeared, I guess. <laughs> But again, I mean, um, I would say, I mean, from my point of view, I would be super interested in, uh, in hearing another record. Mm. But then again, what, what do you expect? I mean, I, 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 also, um, there's one, mm, one voice in my head that, you know, keeps telling me, hopefully there will never be another record because then this one record that I play on will, you know, be, ever be the standard and what everybody compares compares it to. You know, it's 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 definitely a classic um, death metal album, and um, you know, um, how can I put it? Um, uh, well, um, if, if if that's the final album, then you know, I'll be. The one guy played on that album. Yeah. There's another album with another drummer, who of course will be like fantastic because he has to do, to play the stuff. Then um, it's not as exclusive anymore. <laughs> but it's a very very selfish thought. And um, well, I would say um, 
you know, uh, I don't, ex I, I wouldn't expect another record though. I mean, if there was any interest by anybody to do it, then it would have been done by now. I mean, don't you think it's, it's so long ago. I agree. I mean, <laughs> no, I agree. And I, I think that you nailed it. I don't think it's happening. I don't think it's happening. Yeah. And the momentum is completely gone. I mean, now, if there was another Necrophagist record, like in a sim with a similar type of sound, it would be like a completely uh, would always almost oh, uh, you know almost be a retro album in some way from today's perspective. So I don't know. And that was never the point of that band. I think um, it was always meant to be like one step ahead of everybody else. So mm, that's a good point. I don't know. And and to be on a timeless record that every generation will find in the heavy in the in the heavy metal world, um, and that being kind of that that last point, it's it's I think it's a great thing, and I agree with you. I understand that you're like ah, it's a little selfish. No, I think that the legacy and the mystery and everything behind the story, it's all silenced when people find that epitaph record and they put it on. Um, and uh, it's it's a it's like I said, it's almost twenty years now. That not quite. Yeah, except if there was another record, the whole myth would be gone. And the whole myth would be gone. That record to the old record, and of course, everybody would say, oh, the old record is better because it's always this, you know. Um, even yeah. if it isn't." Um, exactly. No, you if you're like, I don't know, uh, 16 and you hear it for the first time, I mean, how can I, and then 20 years later you hear another record, how will that ever be, you know, mean the same to you? It can't. So. I don't think um, that um, I don't think uh, it's a it's even a good idea to put out another record. Even if the guy has another record, he should make a new band with a new name. I think. Uh, I'm with you because you you nailed it. That's exactly how I feel. Oh, this blew yeah. me away when I was 24, and now I'm 44. I'm not the same human being. I'm not the same yeah. person. It's not gonna. It, it's you might be like this is good, but it's not gonna have that same. Yeah, I'm completely with you because the fans, the fans, they grew up, and then a new fan base obviously would come in. But my point is, is that yeah, I completely agree with you on that. And then one thing I, I know I'm, I'm running past my time limit a little bit, but I really wanted to ask you one more question. But oh, oh, cool. And then everybody, everybody, I just need you guys. If you haven't picked up Hannes Grossman's new record, "To Where the Light Retreats," make sure you check it out. The Fountain is a fantastic song, so I know he's saying it's not too death metally, but trust me, sequence-wise, that song is perfectly placed. You're going to love it. And uh, the last question I wanted to mention and bring up to you, my friend, is the cover art is amazing. No words, nothing, just this yeah. image. Tell me about th how that came about, where you found that picture, and how you got it to uh, be on your record. Um, you know, the artist, uh, Kaylin Stuckermans, um is a really good conceptual visual artist and um i checked out some of his stuff i mean i worked with different uh, people over the years and um and i really like all the covers all the cover artworks on on my solo records mm -hmm. um and um the last one uh you know for my previous record apophenia was done by a photo artist that also uh, did the covers for Alkaloid, um, Christian Martin Weiss, German guy, who, like, is a real, real photo photography artist. I mean, um, it's insane what he can do. And I really love that cover of the previous record. Um, for this time, I just thought, hey, maybe I should, 
I listened to the material and I thought like, hey, this is, uh, you know, um, definitely like a death metal album, but it's a metal album for metal audience. And, you know, mm. and I thought like maybe, maybe I should go for something that looks a little more metal because I don't know if you remember the artwork of my previous record. It's like um, this half-naked woman um, mm -hmm. that looks like an alien, some sort of something like that. And I love that picture, but uh, <laughs> like many people were irritated with it because it's it's like under you you can't really identify it. It's it's weird, a little bit. And um, also like metalheads, uh, they they don't really go a lot into art museums. I'm afraid. So um, uh, I think um, and and you know um, you know all these. Uh, contemporary heavy metal covers with yeah, I don't know dragons and swords and, mm -hmm. and you know I don't know CGI kind of stuff I I really don't like all that stuff the graphic design I like look the yeah, yeah. yeah I like HR Giga and that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and and paintings and um, uh, yeah photography and stuff like that but uh, not so much computer-generated image imagery. I, I'm not really a fan of that. But then I checked out some stuff, and um, Kellen Stockerman's caught my attention, and I thought, like, hmm, this guy does some really cool stuff, and this um, doesn't look conventional, but it looks more like, you know, a metal cover. And I thought, like, okay, this album needs something like that. And I had... Um, you know, when I talked to him, I, I thought like I, I told him, hey, I'm thinking I'm thinking about something with something Giga and something with mountains. Definitely, definitely has to be mountain in it. <laughs> it, it. You know, I have to laugh because it's 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 such a cliche, and it's you think like oh, this uh, it's really artsy and really conceptual. But uh, that's all I said. Hey, you know, I really like clear lines. I like Giger and I like mountains. If you can m mock that into one picture, fine. <laughs> that wasn't like my, I don't know, guideline. Nailed it. And the rest was up to him. And I, and when he sent the, the, the final thing, I was like, oh, this looks amazing. Okay, you nailed it. <laughs> There's mountains and it looks a little bit Giger-esque. So, uh, because I think it really, really fits the music of the album somehow. It's the image I have in my head. I Actually, I have an image in my head for the next record as well that's equally, um, how could I say, stupid. <laughs> but um, I mean, uh, if you're not like a visual artist, what do you make of the description? Hey, put a mountain on the cover and make it a little geekeresque. I mean, I could not work with that description, but he could. So um, that's that's that. really that's really fantastic. I mean, he really uh, nailed it. I, I bet he gets um, that all the time. Like Ocean Van Gogh blood, go, and he'll be like, "I got this." I bet I, that happens all the time to him. Yeah, right? I guess so. I guess so. Also, I think like I, sh yeah, I, um, for my solo stuff, I should think a little simpler. Also, with the songwriting on this album. Um, most of the songs are a little straight, more straightforward, and they're simpler than the previous records. Mm. Um, at least in some ways, it's simpler. It's more to the point, and 
And I think I, I sh with exact, especially with the solo work, I should not overthink it. Just, I'm just um, thinking about uh, having a fun project to work out some, some songs. And uh, if this was a band, it would be a band that um, rehearsed like once a week, where you play the set and then have a bunch of beers and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> this is the type of project this is really, even though it's. Uh, it sounds much more complicated than music, but really it isn't. It's um, it's really um, kind of a gut feel, if you will, that's shaping everything in, in my solo project. I'm not trying to overthink it, um, be quick with the songs, go with your intuition. That's that's what I'm doing pretty much. And the same thing applies for the cover artwork. I, I, tell, I mean, the, the, that's really the key. Um, if, if you want to make uh, good records and good stuff, hire good people. Uh, <laughs> that's really, um, it's really easy then. I, I think because, that... uh, you can write down something like a crazy guitar line and they'll play it, you know? I think that's the best advice any musician can get. Make sure you hire exactly the, the people that yeah. are gonna going to just, you know, make it happen dude and that's 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 so true so with that though i do want to tell everybody one more time man if you guys haven't we're going to play a couple tracks uh after this interview guys so you can hear some songs but to where the light retreats the latest records with hannes grossman is out right now make sure you guys are picking it up with that hannes always been a fan for so many years dude so happy i finally cool. got to talk to you my friend out here on the metal sucks podcast yeah likewise it's fun talking to you
Metal Sucks Podcast. guys and we are back 
first song you heard, both songs you heard, is off of Hannes Grossman's latest solo record, To Where the Light Retreats. Guys, it's out right now. First song is The Great Designer. Fucking epic. Great song. Next song, equally as good, In the Glacier's Eyes. Guys, if you haven't heard or, or haven't picked up this record, make sure you do. To Where the Light Retreats is out now. Great chat. Such a fun time to talk to him. So I do appreciate uh, getting that interview a little bit late, but I got it. Makes me stoked. So um, with that, guys, I want everybody out there to make sure you keep giving us those five-star reviews on the good old Apple iTunes. You guys are the best. That's all we ask for as a podcast. We don't need comments. We don't need nothing. If you guys enjoy us, you guys put your ears to us. Appreciate all the hard work we put into it. Just go to Apple iTunes. Click that five-star review. That's all that matters. And everybody that's supporting our other podcast, the Documentary Discussion Podcast, Rise to Offend. It's out right now. Keep getting emails about doing another Marilyn Manson episode because we did five. It was six hours. If you guys haven't heard our Marilyn Manson episode, go check that out. But man, there might be enough worth to do oh, a yeah, sixth yeah, episode. To, to, yeah, to do another <laughs> we one about, our, about the Metal Sucks podcast favorite topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, we'll definitely do that. Can we do a, a Patreon where we only talk shit about Limp Bizkit for 45 minutes oh, every week? That should be, <laughs> I'm liking this. For the bonus content. <laughs> and so, yeah, thank you guys for supporting Rise to Offend. You guys are the best. We got over 100 episodes over there. Go check out that podcast. And also, make sure you guys are checking out my comedian co-hosts, Jocelyn and Brandon on the road. Jocelyn, you got some dates to share with these I wonderful fans? I do have fans. some Go. dates. I do have some dates. Um, I will be in uh, Fort Collins, Colorado on July 1st. I will be in Colorado Springs, Colorado, July 2nd and 3rd. I will be in Phoenix, Arizona, July 15th through 18th. July 24th, I'll be back in Denver, Colorado at Wide Right, the best wings in Denver, so make sure you go to Wide Right if you're in Denver. Um, and then August 14th, I will be in Palmdale, California at Transplants Brewery, so you can catch me at all those places doing stand-up joslynsharp.com j-o-z-a-l-y-n sharp like a sharp knife.com yes guys go make sure you see jaws on the road say what's up she's always down to talk to the metal sucks fans she loves you guys um and with that until next week my friends the metal sucks podcast is signing off